You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Before I forget, happy Father's Day to each of you. It is one of the greatest joys I share often with my friends of life on this earth. It's being a dad. And in my case, also being a papa. Uh, I love being a father. I love my kids. I um, just love what the Lord does among our family. And um, some of you are new papas, new fathers here recently. And I know um, you get to experience the joy of being a dad. So happy Father's Day to you. Today we are going to begin a new series out of the book of Romans, and this series has to do with our theme throughout the summer and the rest of this year, and that is being refreshed, being refreshed in God, being in a place where we are continually drinking and being strengthened by Almighty God. And so that's sort of the theme that we are going to be working with this summer, and this theme for this series has to do with being uh, Christ being in us and how that changes everything. Changes everything. Reality is not the same once we are in Christ. Christ in us is a new reality. It redefines us as the people of God and as family. It reshapes the world around us. It reshapes the way we see the world and the way the world and the way we respond to the world around us reshapes all that when we are in Christ. And lastly, it returns us to our inheritance. When we see things from this perspective of God and being in Christ, it returns us to where God originally intended us to be. So if you have your Bibles, if you will turn with me to Romans chapter 5, the scriptures that um, John read to us, we are going to be working out of Romans. I'm going to do my best to give you a quick overview of the first four chapters of Romans in like two minutes. <laughs> two minutes, you know. It took Paul a lifetime to figure out how to write those things, and I'm going to do an overview in two minutes. So um, the passage, the message today is coming out of Romans 5, but you can't do Romans 5 any justice without getting a, some sort of handle on what happened in the first four chapters of Romans. So um, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul in Romans, is setting up this one basic thing, and that our life is grace-filled, and it is by that grace of Almighty God that we are right with God, period. That's it. As, As Mario said when I said that to him this morning, it stops right there. You can't add anything to it. And so Paul says in Romans chapter 2, this. But now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith increases in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Period. And so all have sinned, all have fallen short. And what Paul is saying in these first four chapters is the only way you get made right again is by God's work. That's what he's saying. Not by our works, not by following the law solely, but by Jesus Christ and his sacrifice and his redemptive work. 
And so the way I have handled this in my 25 plus years is by this phrase, believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he's done, and digging deep into those two things. Who is he and what he's done? Paul in the first four chapters says, this is what God is doing. He is making things right through Christ. And by his grace, we enter into that and we get to this place. And it's called a big fancy word, justification. So we are now justified to be in the presence of Almighty God and God in our presence, not because we did anything, but because God sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son, to die for us. That place that we get to stand because of God's grace is where Paul is going to come from for the rest of this book. And in fact, guys, uh, in my opinion, Christianity and who we are as Christians doesn't make sense if we don't understand what I've just said. It doesn't make sense at all. It is by God's grace you have been saved, Paul says in Ephesians. By grace you have been saved. This place of justification is where God has us if we believe. Paul also uses in Romans chapter 4 and other places in Romans, uh, Abraham. The story that we read about Abraham, you got giggled at. I would giggle too. If I were Sarah, I would laugh. 100 years old? Come on. And so Paul uses Abraham as an example. Paul says that Abraham was justified by his faith. He was righteous because of his faith. His faith in what? In who? God and his word and his promises. Paul then uses Abraham as an example and says, it's the same for you. In fact, you are falling into that same lineage. Remember, all will be blessed through Abraham, and that's how. And so this word faith is a strong word in our life together in the goodness of God. Our life together as Christians, this word faith is powerful. It has meanings like belief, trust, faith. Those are meanings of this word. And so when Paul uses the word faith, it means something to us, should mean something to us. And so the struggle that we have and that Paul's going to talk about that I'm going to kind of lean a little bit into in chapter 5 is that are you going to trust yourselves or are you going to trust God? And it doesn't usually come down to that anyway. Are you going to trust yourself or are you going to trust God? And sometimes we want to convince ourselves that trusting us is a lot easier than trusting God because it makes sense. We can rationalize it and we can think through some things. Oh, yeah, that makes a ton of sense to me. But that's not what Paul says. The only way you can stand in a place of security with Almighty God is by believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Period. That is it. That, my friend, is what Paul, saw, Paul calls and what Jesus calls good news. The good news of God is that you can't do it. God's done it for you. Now let's rest in it. Let's believe in it. Let's respond out of that place rather than responding from trying to get to that place on our own. And so in Romans chapter 5, these words begin this place where Paul wants us to be. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, I just went all through that. I mean, it took me, what, four minutes? Now that we've been justified by faith, in other words, we can come into the presence of Almighty God because of the work that he's done. He's explained that. Now that we're justified and we can be there, what does he say do? Through him, we have this uh, access. We have obtained access by faith into this grace in which 
we stand. In which we stand. So when we get to this place where God's grace is just flooding our hearts and we understand what God has done for us in the person work of Jesus, in that place is where Paul wants us to stand. That's where he wants us to take our stand. That's where he wants us to argue from. That's where he wants us to have our security. In that, nothing else. Because when we start venturing away from that, then we just open Pandora's box, don't we? We just open up a lot of things that now come on the table trying to find a way that we can be right with God when God's already said, this is how you're right with him. The struggle I have, though, is just trusting that. It's too good to be true, isn't it? How come I don't have to suffer to stand in that place? How come I don't have to hang on a cross to stand in that place? How come it's just all God's goodness and love that allows me to stand in that place? That doesn't seem fair, does it? Does it? I should have to do something. You do. You have to stand. And you have to stay right here. When the storms come pounding, when the suffering starts getting uh, uh, hard, the word that Paul uses here with sufferings is called pressure. When things start pushing in really, really hard, it's easy to do this, isn't it? In South Mississippi, we call that crawfishing. <laughs> You're backing out. You're crawfishing. How do we stand right here? Trusting and believing and leaning into and resting in God's grace in our lives. It's hard. I know it's hard. But this is what Paul says. We've obtained this by God's grace, this place where we can approach God, where we can be in the presence of Almighty God and be justified. We get that through God's grace. And he says, because you can stand there, then he says, rejoice in your sufferings. More than that, we rejoice. The word that uh, John read was boast. We, we, we just kind of, ah! Praise God, we boast, we're here in this place. We just kind of scream out with the sufferings, with this pressure that's on us. And the reason why Paul says that you can do that is one is you got the grace to be able to stand in this place and all this pressure is happening around us. You fill in the blank with the pressure. And then he says these sufferings are going to do something. One is they're going to create endurance. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I, I um, love being outside. I don't care if it's 100 degrees. Right, family? I love being outside. Uh, God created me to breathe fresh air, so I like being in fresh air. So um, one of the things that I did, started doing about 20 years ago, I haven't done much of it lately, was do adventure races. Anybody know what an adventure race is? It's like doing a try without doing one of those tries. So instead of on a road bike, you're on a mountain bike. Instead of swimming, you're in a kayak. And instead of running, you've got a map, and you're orienteering around this place, and you're having to find checkpoints. And it lasts 24 pitiful, isn't it, John? Crazy, yeah. So I hooked up with a couple of guys, and we started training for this adventure race. Um, I'd never done anything like this before in my life, and so um, you got to train. I mean, I wasn't in terrible shape, but I surely couldn't go for 24 hours. So we start training and training and training. We're riding bikes. I buy lights for my bike so I can ride my bike at night. 
we, uh, we, we go out and start training with a map with a light on, so you're orienteering at night. You ever tried to find your way through the woods with a map and a light? It totally changes the perspective of what you're trying to do when you cannot see the horizon. Same thing in a boat. You ever tried to be in a boat and try to get somewhere when you can't see the horizon? It's a challenge. And so what I learned from this process in doing these races is endurance. Just keep going. And you've got a couple of choices. You could stop going, and then God only knows how you're going to get out from where you are. Just, I mean, you're there. You can't stop. You've got to keep going. And so it hurts. You've got blisters on your feet. You're tired. You want to eat something besides a cliff bar. But you just keep going. And I had three good reasons to keep going, guys. John, Liam, and Steve. Because the only way you can do adventure races is with a team. You can't do them by yourself. So I got three other guys with me, and if I don't cross the finish line, they don't cross the finish line. You have to come across together. And so I got these other three guys that are encouraging me, sometimes with words, sometimes with cuss words. Um, but they're encouraging me to continue going. I had no idea what I was doing the first one I went on. I had to lean on Liam, and I had to lean on Steve to get there. We had uh, bungee cords, so if somebody on the bike just couldn't do it anymore, we tied them to our bike, and we towed them. Endurance. How do we endure the Christian faith? How do we endure standing in this place right here where we're standing in the grace of Almighty God, trusting God's word, trusting what God is sharing with us, that we are justified by the work in person or the person and work of Jesus? How do we stand there when there's so many ways to run? How do we stand there? It's called faith. And I'm convinced, for me personally, what keeps me right there is, where else are you going to go? And it all comes back to Perry and his philosophy and his way of thinking, and God, deliver me from that. Deliver me from that. Let me trust in what you have done for me. So suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. The word character here has to do with refined, being pure. It was used a lot regarding how pure money was, the gold, the precious metals they used as in their economy. The word has to do with that. So Paul uses that word for us and our character. What does it do? It purifies us. When we stand in this place and depend solely on Almighty God, it will make you a stronger person. Because you're not trusting in yourself, you're trusting in what God is telling you. And so when God suggests that's sometimes how we think. When God asks us to follow Jesus and to take up our cross, that journey is hard. But when we do it, we come out the other side stronger, better people, refined. That big fancy word's called what, John? You remember? This, is read, this didn't read my mind. What's it called? Sanctification. So justification and sanctification are all right here, and Paul is only using uh, words that we can connect with. Suffering, endurance, character. And then all of that leads to what Paul is building up to, and that is our hope is in Christ. Christ in us. We in Christ. That's the only hope 
where hope truly gives life. Not in ourselves. So let's bring it home. Let's bring it to where I think... um, where I think God wants us to go. There's people in this room that can hear my voice that are struggling with illness. There are people in this room that can hear my voice that have serious family problems. There are people in this room who can hear my voice who have suffered betrayal by friends. There are people in this room who can hear my voice who are confused about what the future is going to be like. There are people who can hear my voice right now who are confused about what they want to do. Do they want to continue uh, uh, moving down this, uh, on this journey with God, or are we going to go in a different direction? There's a fork in the road for many of us, career-wise, spiritually speaking. What are we going to do? How does this passage inform us in all of these areas? And what would the answer that Paul would give us is, in Christ alone. In Christ alone, you deal with those things. In this place is security. What do I have to be afraid of? Paul says in um, a letter that for him to die would be the best thing. Just go off and be with the Lord. But he also had been with the Lord long enough to know that he was going to use him on this earth, and it meant that he just had to continue to endure. But he did so under the power and the grace of of Almighty God. Where's your hope? Where's your hope? Is it in this place of security, in this reality of the person and work of Jesus? Or have you just kind of put that on the back burner and said, yeah, Perry, I've been hearing this all my life. You're saved by grace through faith, period. But what does it mean? How does it engage me in my journey? How do I engage into that place? This is how. You serve others. You give to others. You love others. Because you don't have to do anything else, guys. It's already been done for you by whom? Jesus. So if you're trying to work yourself into a place of being justified by God, it's not going to happen. It happens in a place where you come to the place where I need Jesus. Where Jesus is the one taking care of my insecurities. And then from that place, we deal with life. We deal with life in the way that God calls us to deal with it. So we love our enemies. We pray for those who persecute us. We give. We serve. We do that because that's what God has called us to do from this place of faith, from this place of trusting, from this place of security. And this place is reality for us as followers of Jesus. But here's where it gets really, hard, uh, gets really tough for some of us, and that is um, in order to get to this place that God has called us to be and trusting in Jesus, you have to first believe you have to be there. Am I a sinner? Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, Perry, mine's not as bad as some others. You know, they got prisons built for the guys that are really bad. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And once we get to a place in our hearts that we know we need the grace of Almighty God in order to be right with God, then we'll bring our sin and our stuff to the foot of the cross and we'll trust, live into the person and work of Jesus. That's where it all begins. 
Next week, John's going to be speaking about uh, some steps, some things that we do in order to get to this place. But we have to trust that our sins are forgiven by the grace of Almighty God. And so the fall that we read about in Genesis chapter 3 has been done away with, and now we are in a place of being right with God again through the person and work of Jesus. So your response is just live into the grace of Almighty God. Give it away as it's freely been given to you. Share the gospel. Share the good news. Whatever you want to call it, just share. Give it away from this place of security. But if you're not secure here, if you're still struggling, then uh, ask yourself, is it because I don't trust the cross, the work of Jesus, and the person of Jesus? What's happening here? God can handle those doubts. God can handle those frustrations. Let's just come to this place of praying for God to fill our hearts with his grace and mercy so that we can be safe, secure in his kingdom. You can't get there by working, my friends. You get there by trusting, by believing, by faith. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.